Welcome to Colts Roundtable Live on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Picked off by the Colts. Kenny Moore, 30, 20, down the near sideline. They hand off to Taylor, right up the gut, and he's in there. Touchdown! We're talking Colts and recapping the action. He's got it! Here's the voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor. Hey, welcome to Colts Roundtable Live tonight, brought to you by Citizens Energy Group. Proud to be the Colts conservation partner. Find winning conservation tips at citizensenergygroup.com. We're on with you until 6.30 tonight. The Pacers take on the Raptors at Gamebridge Fieldhouse. Until then, we're talking Colts football for the next hour. We've got a lot planned per usual tonight. Coming up, we'll be joined by interim head coach Jeff Saturday. And former Colts Rick Venturi and Joe Wrights will join the show as well starting on the next segment. Unfortunately, Sunday was more of the same for the Colts. They fell to the Giants 38-10 in Week 17 as it marked their sixth straight loss and drops the Colts down to 4-11-1 on the season. Colts got off to an early 3-0 lead thanks to a 49-yard catch by Paris Campbell in the first quarter. But the Giants then responded and ripped off 31 straight points. In fact, they outscored the Colts 24 to nothing in the second quarter and led 24 to three at halftime. The Giants' defense kept the Colts in check all game long. The Colts were just three for 12 on third down, and Giants linebacker Landon Collins picked off Nick Foles in the first half and returned it 52 yards for a pick six. Later in the first half, Foles was sacked by rookie Kayvon Thibodeau and landed down hard on the football. The cart came out for Foles initially, but the quarterback got up, walked to the sideline talked to trainers and doctors, then got on the car to go to the locker room. He did not return, and second-year quarterback Sam Ellinger played the remainder of the game. The Colts' defense had one of its roughest days of the season. The Giants scored over 30 points for the first time in a span of 43 games, and New York quarterback Daniel Jones had a sensational game. He was 19 for 24 passing for only 177 yards and two touchdowns, but his legs did great damage to the Colts. He had 11 carries for 91 yards and two touchdowns, including an 18-yard score in the third quarter. The Colts have now lost four games this season by at least 23 points. They've dropped nine of their last 10, and they will close out the season this coming Sunday against the Houston Texans in the regular season finale at Lucas Oil Stadium. As we said, starting on the next segment, Colts analysts Rick Venturi and Joe Wrights will join me, and we're taking your Twitter questions tonight, as we always do, coming up with Rick and Joe, and also in just a bit with interim head coach Jeff Saturday. You can tweet in your questions tonight, as always, using hashtag Colts Roundtable, and we'll squeeze in as many of those as we can tonight. And per usual, Jeff Saturday, the interim head coach of the Colts, he joins us now in studio, brought to you by Citizens Energy Group and Jeff, appreciate the time, as always, and and Daniel Jones, as we just said, that offense. Why was it difficult to get pressure on Jones on Sunday and keep him contained in the running game? Yeah, listen, I mean, he he extended a ton of drives for them, big plays. Obviously, I think he rushed for almost 100 yards, Mm -hmm. uh, and they do a good job of of setting him up for boots, and and, uh, we did a really good job against Saquon and and limiting his – uh, his big runs, and and their answer to that was get the quarterback out in the run game. Obviously, losing Jan um, on Friday was was a was a difficult thing because he had practice through the week. But um, you know you have some some guys who haven't played as much out there on the edge, and so sometimes they got pinned. Sometimes we were in a in a coverage where we're asking a you know a a, a nickel or a corner to come fill in and and uh, and try to make that play one on one on the backside. So it was kind of a multi 
multitude of different things. It wasn't any one player, one scheme. Uh, they just did a nice job, and they weren't all called. Some of those were, uh, you know, kind of Daniel Jones freelancing a little bit, seeing it and taking advantage of it. And so uh, they, they did a good job against us, and, and uh, you know, you got to tip the cap. Jeff, I know it's it's late the season here, right? I mean, we all know where this team is, right? Unfortunately, yeah. on a six-game losing streak. Yeah. Um, how would you classify, how would you describe the, the mood of the team as it tries to finish off the season right? But just kind of where is the team right now during this this six game skit? Obviously, everybody wants to finish strong. You you don't want to go you know you don't want to go out of the the, the season losing the last game. And listen to from the from the perspective of a player. Um, finishing and and showing everybody look we, we don't have any quit in us we're going to make the most of this we're going to make the most of this opportunity we signed up for 17 we're going to play 17 and mm-hmm. we're going to get the win uh, I think speaks volumes I, and, and I tell those guys it's not just for this organization it's for the other 31 as well because you never know in the NFL uh, where you're going to land next but uh, you you can't hide from that and 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 the the, the film is on always and you're being evaluated always um, and so to make sure that you're you're playing for yourself your family and your team um but but finishing strong and finishing on a positive note always leaves a much better taste in your mouth through that mm-hmm. off season as you're training and prepping for the next year i know you talked about this earlier today with the media but for this audience how, how is i know nick Foles took that shot how's he feeling today uh he's very sore and banged up uh obviously it, that was it was a shot landing on the ball the ball was just in the in the in a in the you know the awful way to say it but the perfect position to 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 really you know uh put a lot of pressure on his ribs and and that upper upper body and so um it was a massive shot and you hate it for him anytime you get blindsided and uh it's it's painful but laying on the ball that way is even worse and so uh tough day for him you know and and just recovery but Mm -hmm. he is he is recovering but obviously very sore yeah as you said he's not going to play coming up on on sunday week 18 against the texans you also announced earlier today sam ellinger is going to be the quarterback in the regular season finale what did you think of him coming in cold, if you will, and playing well in the second half? I thought he did a nice job. I, th- I thought he brought a lot of energy with him. Again, not perfect, but he he played with that energy and expectation. He was going to make plays. I thought he challenged the field. I thought he made you know made some good throws and, and 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 put his best foot out there. I was I was really proud of of the way that he played, and and so uh, I felt like he earned the chance to go out there mm-hmm. and, and run out there for for uh, this week, but. Again, when you're when you're saddled with that, you're the only quarterback left on the roster, and and he still had no back down, pulled it down and ran some, yeah. and got physical in there. You're all you always puts a smile on your face when you see QBs do that type of stuff. So and, tough kid, yeah. tough mind. And I know you said you had. I mean, every team has an emergency quarterback, given the the situation the Colts were in, but. I mean, was there any part of you saying get down, get down when he is scrambling a little bit? <laughs> yeah, there's you know, a lot of part of you, know right? a little mean? part of me, a lot of part of me is thinking, oh, this is, you know, this is this is not what you want. But uh, again, he he plays fearless, and and that's what you want. You don't ever want a guy second guessing himself, and and mm-hmm. I, you know, I respect that, and I respect his attitude of going and you know converting third downs and and, and attacking the defense with whatever he has, arm or leg. So uh, yeah, but there's a lot of you know, no, 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 yes, 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 thank goodness. <laughs> right, right. Right. He's getting up, but yeah, uh, yeah you, you definitely have that when you when the next guy's coming in and you're thinking we got to get him a, a wristband and uh, take you know take some gloves off and take a snap, all those things. Right. You, you, you can <laughs> tighten up as a coach for sure. That's Jeff Saturday. Let's go to a handful of uh, fan questions before we close out here with you, Jeff. Um, again, if you uh, have a question for 
Jeff Saturday every Monday night. Hashtag Colts Roundtable on Twitter is the best way to do that. I know you uh, talked about this with the media again earlier today. Uh, Mo is asking, did anybody have anything to say to Kayvon Thibodeau after he sacked Nick Foles? He was obviously doing some things, and I'm, I'm ad-libbing here because it's a, it's a bad question, but did anybody have anything to say to him um, either during that play or after the game, considering the celebration. Yeah, not honestly. I don't know. I I, I was disappointed, uh, frustrated, aggravated, whatever words you want to use. Um, you know, I I thought the I thought the celebration was tasteless all the way around, and um, you know, from from a teammate perspective, from a guy who's done this a long a long time, right? Uh, you know, our response of taking care of our guy. Uh, I, I wasn't I wasn't thrilled with, and so I'm going to leave it at that, so I don't get myself in. But sure, yeah, uh, not 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 our best moment mm-hmm. uh, right then. All right, you brought up Unique Ngakwe a little bit earlier. How, uh, Kyle's asking, how do your place Ngakwe in the final game, and what kind of season did you think that he had? Yeah, uh, Jan's going to you know for with with as well as he has played on the edge, especially I think the last month he really had a a you know some some good games. Um, but it, it, you know you, you're going to do it through rotation. You're going to get some young guys in there that are going to get fresh reps and mm-hmm. got to learn. And you know, hopefully they'll, they'll be uh, guys that you can depend on next year. But it's it's like that when the guy goes down, the next guy's got to come in, and mm-hmm. uh, they need to work on their craft. And that's what they'll, those guys will be doing. And um, but from a, from a, how I thought he was playing, I thought I think probably his last three weeks to me were probably his best. Uh, and again, that's just from the time I'm here. I, I'm not saying before I got here because I I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't know but as I'm as I'm looking at him from when I've been here I thought the last three weeks he really fit in the defense did exactly what he was coached to do made big plays for us and and uh, you could tell from a from a um, uh, from a player perspective he felt it in fact I had named him uh, captain of the week uh, this 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 week leading up to obviously uh, he couldn't play which was unfortunate but yeah. just from the, his performance over the last uh, last few. All right, last one from David. Uh, what have you made of Dallas Flowers on defense as he's had to step up for a lot of injured corners here late in the season? I've liked it. He's an aggressive corner. He he trusts himself. He he'll he will battle for the ball. Uh, I think from a from a defensive back perspective, you know, you want guys who want to challenge, you want to stand there, and you can tell he believes in himself. I love that. I, I think from the return game, he's been he's been spectacular. I think that confidence rolls over into as he's playing corner and sees that his speed is is one that can stick with guys. And so, again, he's not going to be a perfect player. He hadn't he doesn't have enough reps yet. He has enough banked experience mm-hmm. to know, okay, in this, I should, I should sag here or fall off here, but he'll get to all that as he plays but as far as just lining up and going to play I've been very happy with with the way that he's battled and and how many plays he's attempted to make out there no doubt about it Jeff always appreciate the time on a Monday night really appreciate your time considering the circumstances always the uh, the insight and the thoughtful answers really appreciative Uh, have a great rest of the week and uh, good luck against the Texans thanks Matt appreciate you that's our conversation this week with interim head coach Jeff Saturday brought to you by Citizens Energy Group Save at home on monthly bills when you can serve your water and energy. For money-saving tips, visit citizensenergygroup.com. When we come back, we'll welcome in Rick Venturi and Joe Wrights, and we'll go over the tale of the tape and discuss what the film continues to show for the Colts during their six-game losing skid, losing on Sunday 38-10 to the New York Giants. We're back for that in just a moment here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. 
We now return to Colts Roundtable Live. Once again, here's Matt Taylor. Hey, welcome back again. This is Colts Roundtable Live. Thanks for sticking with us here on the home of the Colts, 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. The show is also brought to you by Caesars in Pick 6 and the Caesars Sportsbook. It's free to play all season long. Answer 6 predictive questions about the game every week for a chance to win great Colts prizes. It must be 21, of course, to play. It's now time to welcome in Rick Venturi and Joe Wrights to the show, the Colts analysts, the former Colts, of course, Rick on the coaching side, Joe as a former player and offensive lineman. Joe, good evening. How was New Year's with uh, you and your family? Did you did you pull off the hoodwink like you did last year? And for those that don't know, last year you you forwarded the clocks and you got the generic YouTube countdown out. Did you pull that uh, stunt again this year? Oh, no, no question. We went to Mass <laughs> on Saturday night, and then we, we, we drove around and looked at some Christmas lights, you know, so the kids didn't know. By the time we got home, the clocks had been changed, and my wife and I, now with the iPhones now, you've got to go in and you got to do the set manual time, moved it ahead an hour. It was beautiful. At 11, we did a countdown. They went Incognito to bed here. Yeah. It was, uh, it was a good day for sure. Wow. That's fantastic. So now what time did they actually go to bed? What time did they think New Year's? Eve was yeah, in terms it, it of was, midnight. It was 11 real time. So it really was like 11, 10, 11, 15 ish. So it wow. was good. I, I wasn't in uh, Times Square like you and Coach with all the masses. <laughs> I think I saw you guys there on one of those videos, Coach Venturi hopping up and down by the stage. That's right. Rick, what time did you stop taking shots with Ryan Seacrest on Saturday night? <laughs> Actually, when, when it struck midnight, I think I was on my second nap. I think I took my first one when we got there at 7, and then I think I woke up at midnight. I think I, I think that was my first nap, but uh, you know, anyway. Well, well but, Co- you know, we're wired. We're creatures of habit. I mean, it, it's always a, a game day or a practice day. So, I mean, for most of my exactly. life, I was in bed at 10 o'clock New Year's, so it's not really necessarily a special holiday, you know, for us. <laughs> Right on. That's exactly right. Well, it, it certainly wasn't a, a good start to the new year for the Colts. As you guys know, Colts are on a six-game losing streak, and now they're assured a top-six pick in the draft. We'll talk about that as we go along as they were thoroughly beaten by the Giants, 38-10. to uh, Rick, you watched the tape again today. It's time now for the tail of the tape with Rick Venturi and Joe Wrights. Rick, what does your tail of the tape say today as the Colts continue to uh, come up short and uh, losing big by 28 points to the Giants. Yeah, it's the same game we watched live, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, you know, I, I think some of my thoughts were as we were going through it. I mean, I just, you know, it's just hard for me to believe that this floor can get any lower on this team. I mean, really, our our bottom floor is is really now in the basement. You know, when you think about it, we've gone from a team that was three five and one that was struggling, that had an embarrassing game at New England, but was still very much in it you know, having trouble finishing games and things like that. But now, you know, really under Saturday, we've gone one and six. And, and really, we, we're, we're not on a downward slide anymore. We're on a nosedive. I mean, you know, in the last four weeks, we've given up, in three games, we've given up 31 unanswered, 32 unanswered, and 33 unanswered. I mean, that's mind-boggling. I mean, who does that? And, and I think Sunday – uh, I think yesterday, really, the wheels came off the car totally because yesterday, in other games, we could say we played good on defense, we played good on special teams. In this one, we just came apart at the seams. It was our normal non-scoring offense. Our defense just got shredded from the second quarter on. Special teams, some bad kicks. You know, we jump off sides on a field goal and end up giving them seven. 
Um, and, and I tell you what I thought of, and I talked to you, I, we talked about it in the conclusion of the game, but, you know, it still hits me between the eyes. I mean, there's, when I look at the teams, it's a tale of two cities. It's the New York Giants who have risen from the ashes of 4-13 and 13 a year ago, and then on the other side, it's the Colts who have gone from 9-6 and six on Christmas Day a year ago to 4-13-1 since then and have just been on a death slide. And there's three things that hit me when I look at the Giants versus the Colts, specifically those two teams, because I think it's more dramatic in this matchup. Number one, coaching matters. I mean, coaching matters. What Dayball and, and, and Martindale have done with that team, they have maxed it out. Dable has played sharp. He's, he's got four new receivers in there. All four guys counting the tight ends were not even in the picture in the beginning of the season. He specialized those guys, and he's built an attack around Barkley. And what he's done with Daniel Jones is just absolutely unbelievable. Uh, Wink has, you know, he's established an identity. I mean, they're going 9-6-1 and one in that playoff game with a team that just isn't that talented, but my God, what they've done. I mean, really, it's just the opposite with the Colts. I mean, the Colts have no idea who they are. You know, at this point in time, that was like graduate school versus junior high coaching. I think number two, I think what quarterbacks matter in this league. They really matter. And I know they took a lot of heat when they took Jones, but Jones is a terrific guy. I tell you what, he has just caught my eye. The more I've watched him, when I began my film study, he is really, really a top kid. I mean, honest to God, to have that game yesterday, 19 of 24, uh, 125 uh, uh, passer rating. He had like a 96 or something QBR. Nobody does that. You win the league if you're, if you're close to 70, for goodness sakes. And he was just absolutely tremendous. You know, and, and the Colts, on the other hand, have lived through two statues, uh, you know, I mean, it, it, two veteran statues who couldn't take you anywhere. And when you look at the difference there, it's just night and day. And then I think number three, and I'll be interested in what Joe has to say, because Joe has talked about this particularly last week, is there was such a difference in mental toughness. And I know that the incentive was different, but they are just a mentally tougher team. They're physically tough. They're mentally tough. They came to take it to us. And they did. And to me, those things really, really stood out. You know, and hopefully the reason I bring that up is that we learn from that and we realize that those are the three areas that we really have to improve on if we're going to go anywhere. Yeah, and, and just to piggyback off Coach, because, again, to, to go through the tape, there, there wasn't a lot of good. But I think that third point you talked about, Coach, mental toughness, resiliency, you know, really – there were two opportunities in the game when we were kind of still in the fight, right? We started out decent early. They go up 7-3, then they score. It's 14-3, and then when we threw the pick six, you just felt like, boy, you know, the wheels are off. But then at halftime, 21-3, we get the turnover right out of the gate, mm -hmm. and we got the chance to go in and get seven on their side of the field and get back in the ball game, but we get one yard on three plays. And then kind of what Coach talked about, you know, our special teams, which has been really good all year, was not we missed the field goal, and then you felt like, what little air we had left in the balloon went out at that point. And I just feel like this Colts team, I know a lot of it comes down to a lack of offensive firepower, but I think the greater issue, the greater cultural issue is that when one thing goes bad, 
we just shut it down. Or when two things go bad, we can't overcome that. In the NFL, you know, it's a game of momentum swings. It's a heavyweight fight. It's punches, punches going back. And it just seems like the more this year's gone on, and I get it, you know, things have gone kind of from, from bad to worse. But when we get punched, you know, we don't react. And I think there's a lot of issues that go into that. And I do think that you really got to kind of think about resetting completely and building from the ground up. But, mm-hmm. you know, this is a Giants team that last year, I remember watching their last game, they had fans with bags on in the stadium, right? And now they're in the playoffs. And yes, exactly. again, That's right. it, coach, it's almost a 180 from where the Colts have been the last 365 days. And I think that's just what's been so disappointing. It's gone just kind of from from okay to bad to worse. And now, you know, with one game left in the season, it's just it's been really disappointing, you know, the last four or five games, just where the Colts have kind of dropped to. Yeah, you mentioned that takeaway the Colts had. It was a fumble recovery. It was the first drive of the second half for the Giants. They got a takeaway, that fumble uh, scoop up there by Rodney McLeod. The Colts have a takeaway now in four straight games. That means Colts fans can score a free appetizer tonight at B-Dubs through this Wednesday at participating Indianapolis locations. See Colts.com slash BWW for details. By the way, Buffalo Wild Wings, I should say, that is a fantastic spot to go check out Monday Night Football tonight. Great game tonight between the Bengals and the Bills. All right, that's the tail of the tape here on Colts Roundtable Live with Rick and Joe. We're going back to the jukebox, Rick, by request. I know you had this after the game. We're playing Name That Tune. We're bringing it back. Um, Song titles that sum up the Colts at the present time. Get out your quarters. We're going back to the jukebox, and Colts Roundtable Live is back in just a moment. It's presented by Citizens Energy Group, proud to be the Colts' conservation partner. Find winning conservation tips at citizensenergygroup.com. We're back in a moment here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Welcome back to Colts Roundtable Live on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Here's Matt Taylor, the voice of the Colts. Hey, welcome back again to Colts Roundtable Live tonight, presented by Citizens Energy Group. Proud to be the Colts conservation partner. Find winning conservation tips, as always, at citizensenergygroup.com. Tonight's show is also brought to you by Meyer the official super center of the Colts and proud sponsor of hundreds of local sports teams across the Midwest with Rick Venturi and Joe Wright. I'm Matt Taylor. We're going back to name that tune, Joe. You're ready to go. I've got a feeling we're going to stump you. Oh, for three. I think you're going here. You know, I'm a music aficionado. So (laughs) try me out here. I'm ready. No chance. We're going for round two of Name That Tune. We did this, of course, a couple weeks ago. And uh, it's time to identify the present state of the Colts with some more song titles. I'll turn up the jukebox and you guys guess the song title. Here we go. Song number one. Where have all the flowers gone? Long time passing. Where have all the flowers gone? Long time ago. A little bit of a slow song back in the day, right in Rick Venturi's wheelhouse when he was, what, like 15 to 17 years old here. Rick, you got this one? I do. I do. All right. Where have all the flowers gone? That's right. That's right. You know, ba- you know basically, that was, um, oh, my God. And, no, I was a little bit older, actually. That's the 60s. That's when I was head, you know, that's when I was basically wearing the headband. Yeah, you were. Yeah, this is. Fist in, fist in the air. This was one of the early, pro- 
early protest songs back in the 60s. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you, you know, Peter, Paul, and Mary. I mean, it was it's covered by everyone. But those were the, you know, where have all the flowers gone? And when I thought, when I, when I thought about this, and I, one, of the, one of the verses in there, it goes from flowers to women to soldiers and where have they all gone? And finally, it's they've gone to graveyards, everyone. And That's I right. thought, yeah, you know, we've pretty much gone to the graveyard, really. And, you know, I think it really all started after Christmas. I think that four-game swing, I think the meltdown against the Raiders here, who who were a representative team, but then the unexpected upset at Jacksonville. Then we come back with expectations, but we tie Houston, you know, which is like a loss for us. And then we lose to Jacksonville again and get it, get our butts kicked. And it's essentially – it's like losing to Jacksonville twice in three weeks. And I think that that set the table for Frank. I, I don't think there's any question about it. I think that the – I'm sure that uh, that Jim at that point had lost confidence in Frank in that respect. And then the rest of it was just waiting to happen. Uh, you know, losing to Tennessee twice, uh, which meant they swept us. You know, and then the embarrassment at New England. It was just a, a matter of time. Um, and then we make the coaching change, you know, which is chaotic. And you really bring in a non-coach to be the coach. You, you're forced to elevate basically an intern to call the plays, um, you know. And so, you know, and then we have the quarterback controversy. You know, we have the carousel. We go from, you know, you go, we go from Ryan, we go to, 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 to the young kid, um, you know, Ellinger. Then we go back to Ryan, and then somehow, some way, somebody dreams up that we're going to win with Foles, you know, and I, I'll get into that later when we get into Ellinger. But I mean, so it's really, it really turned to chaos, um, you know, right in the middle of the season. It went from a downward slide to total chaos, and that's basically where we are. And I just think we've lost our way totally, totally lost our identity. I mean, I have no idea who we are on offense. I did know a year ago. I have no idea what we are now. I do like Moss, you know. I do like. I do like Sam Ellinger, and I do like Woods. I mean, I like, you know, I like those guys for sure as young mm-hmm. players, but we have no identity run pass. We have no real passing game identity at all. Defensively, you know, we've really lost that, too. We're, you know, we're so vanilla, and over time it just, it just really, really kills us. And, and, again, the you know, all the things that we talked about, the turnover ratio, we've gone from first in the league to last. Our red zone offense and defense is terrible. In our fourth quarter, offense and defense is terrible. So, yeah. you know, I think it's been a, a merging. It's been chaos has helped it. I think it's been poor coaching in spots. I, you know, I think it's obviously talent deficiencies. I, I think we definitely overrated our football team. I'm guilty of that as well. And we didn't compensate in certain situations for our weaknesses. And like I said, we just, like I said, I think we just lost our way along the way. There you go. That's Rick Venturi. We're playing Name That Tune here on Colts Roundtable Live. Joe, when was the last time you dialed up some Peter, Paul, and Mary on the old iPod? Uh, you know, I'd say I like all those th- three really good saints. I don't know that I uh, listen to any of their music, though. Um, good disciples. Hell of yeah, a good disciple that Peter no was. No doubt. But uh, when you talk about where all the, the flowers are gone, I mean, there, there's none left on the on the rose bush. And I think, again, you know, not to belabor the point, but the, the two biggest things I think are really just the, the team culture right now, right, I think really is in a crisis mode. And then I think 
lack of identity, especially offensively, because special teams has been really good at times, solid all year. Defense has been, you know, up and down, and, and they've struggled here as of late. And a lot of that, too, is, you know, our offense not giving them advantageous positions. But our lack of offensive identity, and going back to something Coach talked about, when you turn on and watch the NFL, the modern NFL, what you see are quarterbacks like Jones and Pickett and Herbert and not guys that necessarily are going to be the Jalen Hurts types or fields that are running for 100 yards a game. I actually don't think that's a good long-term solution. You're seeing it in Baltimore. You know, they got a great team, but when Lamar Jackson's out for a month, you really struggle. But I just think the lack of mobility and explosive playmaking from our quarterback position has really just hindered us all season long and, and your coach mentioned you know the QB carousel we're mixing up there but you know clearly we have to find a long-term answer at that position because that's what you got to build your franchise along no doubt about it all right that's Joe Wrights with Rick Venturi I'm Matt Taylor we're playing name that tune this is Colts Roundtable live here on 93.5 and 107.5 the fan let's pump another quarter into the jukebox let's go name that tune number two play it one Sam for all time's sake play as time goes by. You must remember this. A kiss is just a kiss. A sigh is going, just a sigh. This, I mean, this is the classic of the classic, Joe writes. You got this one? Is this in your wheelhouse at all? What do you got? It, it's not. I know it's from Casablanca, which you oh, know, yeah, came boy. out a, a, <laughs> yeah. a long time. That's, that's the number one movie, right, of the, the 20th yeah. century? Yeah. yeah. But, no but in terms of the song, As Time Goes By, Play It Again, Sam, is that the right song there? Yeah, yeah you just had Shazam up during that. I know what you were doing. You had the iPhone out. You had Shazam going because there's no way you're pulling out As Time Goes By from the Casablanca soundtrack. But that's exactly what it is, man. This song came out in the 1930s, made famous for its use in Casablanca in 1942. Play it again, Sam. That was the line in the movie from Casablanca. That's because Sam Ellinger, he's going to play it again. Uh, Joe, I, I could describe Sam Ellinger's season, but I don't have that much time because it's been a wild, wild ride for him, you know, coming in as the number three, then the number two, then the number one, then back and forth and all around. Uh, he's now going to get his third start. Um, you know, we do know that. Jeff Saturday announced that today. He's going to start for the third time this season in week 18 against the Houston Texans. What do you make of, of Sam Ellinger's second year in the NFL with the Colts and, and his progress towards the Colts getting more intel on him and deciding if he can be part of that quarterback room next season in 2023. Yeah, I, I think in hindsight, if you knew you were sitting here at 4-11-1 and one, going into the last game, you probably would have liked to see Ellinger more just to know because really he's had you know two and a half games of action. He's going to get three and a half here coming up against Houston. But you'd like to know kind of what you got long-term in Sam. And I think he's a guy that's come a long way from year one to two, especially in passing the ball. You just see he's got a lot more velocity on his throws than he had after year one. I really question, can he make all the NFL throws? But he just hasn't had enough time to really show what he can do. And, and hopefully he can put together a good 60 minutes here. But obviously, you got to start thinking of you're the Colts. What is Ellinger? What do we really think we have in him? And how does that factor into that long-term? Because again, you know, the biggest issue, you know, macro issue, we talked about culture, et cetera, and that's most important, but micro in terms of individual player and talent, it's got to be in the quarterback. And so you, you really want to know and maybe have a longer book on Sam than you would have had as the season started. You know, again, if you knew that you were sitting here right now um, with kind of how right. the season's gone. And Rick, even with three games, 
Will the Colts know what they have in Sam Ellinger by season's end just with three starts? No, they may not, Matt. And to me, that is a huge mistake. That is an absolutely huge mistake. You know, basically, we went to him there. Uh, you know, we went to him, you know, uh, basically in the middle of the season with Frank. I thought he played very, very well against the commanders. I mean, it wasn't his fault that they scored 10 points in four minutes. I mean, he wasn't in there defending McLaren, who's, who, you know, who hit the walk-off touchdown. I mean, he played extremely well in the game. He got absolutely slaughtered in New England. But my contention at the time was if that would have been our two statues, Ryan or Foles, they'd have, instead of nine sacks, they'd have had 20 sacks because Belichick just out-schemed us and basically attacked our weaknesses, and we had no chance whatsoever. I thought, and I know it's after the fact, and we can say all that, and we'll get to see it firsthand this week, but he showed you again this week, even in a short window, he showed you quick release, showed you poise, basically accuracy. He ran the one-zone read. That's what that's what Joe's talking about, kind of that the fringe guy, not the Jalen Hurts, but a guy that has some talent that can give you versatility. He runs it one time for 12, 12 yards on that key down. He comes out on a third and short, comes out on a sprint pass, moves the pocket. And really, his arm is fine this year. His arm, And I'm with Joe. His arm a year ago was not good enough. But working with House and whatever happened, his arm is fine. There's no doubt about me. And I think that the biggest mistake – was after New England putting it all on him and then going back. Mm -hmm. That was mistake number one. But mistake number two is going with Foles. I could never understand that. I couldn't understand that in training camp. I lobbied for Ellinger at the time. I've even I've even lobbied with them for with Ellinger to be at least in the last few weeks as the changeup guy, kind of what Driscoll does for Houston, come in and run short yardage. Well, I tell you, just what uh, just what Frank did with uh, Jacoby Brissett when uh, when Rivers was here, he would you know he went in there and effectively ran short yardage and things like that. But you know we couldn't come around, we couldn't get that. So. You know, I, I say in a way, shame on the offensive staff over there or whoever makes that decision because, you know, when Saturday tells me that Foles is our best chance to win, I, I got to look at him like, you better look at this again. I, I never believed I never bought that for a second. And the thing that I say about Sam is I know, I know that Sam will never be Jalen Hurts. He'll never be Patrick Mahomes. He's not in that class. And he may never, ever be a starter. But what I do see in him, I see Ryan Tannehill traits. And what I wanted to know at the end of 17 games, maybe we'll get a little bit better look this, this Sunday, is can he be that, can he be that Gardner Minshew? Can he be Purdy? Um, can he be Heineke? Can he be a legitimate backup quarterback when you get your franchise guy? That's the question that we should be asking and answering and I think that we made a huge mistake, particularly when we went the second time and we went back to Foles. That I will never understand. And I basically say shame on you to the offensive staff. Colts Roundtable live tonight here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan with Rick Venturi and Joe Wright. I'm Matt Taylor. We're having fun. We're trying to put this uh, season into perspective and playing Name That Tune, some song titles that sum up where the Colts are at right now. Let's go Name That Tune number three. Fire up the jukebox. Square one, my slate is clear. Rest your head on me, my dear. 
took a world of trouble, it took a world of tears, it took a long time to get back here. Joe, I'm just going to give you a hint. You know I had to squeeze this guy in here. He's my favorite guy. Somber, somber song on this somber Monday for the Colts. Even though you don't probably know the song, you got to know the voice. Come on now. I, I can get you there. We got Tom Petty, and I do know this. I do like Tom. He, he's somewhere more in my era than the 1930s Casablanca. But, uh, Casablanca. The, the song, is it, is it Square One? Square one, that a boy, square, yeah. Square one, and and I think it that's very apropos just to kind of where the Colts are at because obviously, you know, th- I think this offseason is going to be met with just really b- brutal reality, right? And you have to really take stock in where we are, brutally honest, everywhere across the board. And I do think in a lot of ways, you know, you kind of got to go back to square one in this franchise just because – of the fall from grace. I was telling somebody this the other day. It's one thing if you're a bad team and you know you're going to be a bad team. It's another thing if you have a bad season when you had really high expectations like the Colts have had, and that's the hardest pill to swallow. But when you look at this franchise and you look at square one, there's a lot of different issues to compound. And, you know, for the first time in a long time, the Colts are going to have a top 10 pick and you think most likely going to get a quarterback and you know the Colts are going to pick somewhere between four and six in this draft which which how it falls Arizona is going to get boat raced by San Fran Denver might beat the Chargers especially because they've clinched and Russell Wilson you know at home and and he's had a lot of heat has his own issues but in reality you're going to pick between four and six and some teams ahead of you the Bears they're not going to pick a quarterback Cardinals aren't going to pick a quarterback so if you're the Colts you're going to have your chance to draft hopefully that franchise guy but again it's it's not just about the quarterback and about one position even though that's the most important there's a lot of other issues with this franchise in terms of the team, you know, that culture in the locker room that, that I really think are going to have to take a hard look at everywhere across the board. You just have to do that in a season that has gone like this one has. Yeah, I, you know, I'm with Joe. It, it's really, to me, when you look at where we are, it, it's rock bottom. I, I don't care what anybody says. You, you can try to spin your way out of it. This is rock bottom, and I'll give you the numbers, okay? You know, as a scoring offense, we're number 30. As a scoring defense, we're 28th. We are worst in the National Football League, number 32 in turnover ratio. And we've talked about that all season long, plus 14, number one from last year to minus 13, number 32 in three games. In three of the last four games, again, we've had 31 unanswered, 32 unanswered, 33 unanswered points, plus throw in a 20-3 loss to San Diego. So, I mean, what further focus do you have to see to realize that we've hit bottom, that we have issues everywhere. And so to me, if I'm advising Jimmy Ursay, I say it's time for a total overhaul. That doesn't mean every single person has to go, mm-hmm. but every single person has to be evaluated, and in many cases they have to go. And I think you have to look at, as Joe said, much more than just one thing. I think you have to look at how your team is constructed, because it certainly isn't constructed very well, how your team is well coached, just com- make the comparison to this staff and make the comparison to the New York Giants. And then there has become a cultural issue. It's been a loss of confidence. There's no question about that. They, they may talk a good game, you know, but the lack of confidence is there, and there isn't any doubt about it. So, I mean, if there is a time to start over, it's right now. This is rock bottom. I mean, like I said, from Christmas, it's four, it's three it's, I mean, it's 4, 13, and 1. That's who you are. 
if we lose, if we were to lose to Houston, we will absolutely have the worst division record in the AFC South. Even if we beat them, we're going to tie at two, three, and one in the division. So, I mean, for the once proud horseshoes, what is that but the bottom? Yeah, those are some sad songs here at the Honky Tonk on this uh, Monday night in <laughs> central Indiana on January 2nd. But that's where we're at here with the Colts. All right, coming up, we're going to hit the pause button. But uh, when we return, we're going to take your questions. The mailbag segment is coming up next. It's open. Send in your thoughts and questions on Twitter using hashtag Colts Roundtable. Time for a couple of those before we get you ready for Pacer basketball. The Pacers take on the Raptors tonight here at the Fieldhouse in downtown Indy. We're back with all that coming up. In just a moment, you're listening to Colts Roundtable Live here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Welcome back to Colts Roundtable Live on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. For more Colts breakdown, here's Matt Taylor, the voice of the Colts. Welcome back again, everybody, to Colts Roundtable Live, brought to you by Citizens Energy Group. Proud to be the Colts conservation partner. Find winning conservation tips at citizensenergygroup.com. And tonight's show also brought to you by EverStream, Indy's business-only fiber network, faster fiber and better business. With Rick Venturi and Joe Wrights on the line, I'm Matt Taylor. It's time now for the mailbag segment here on Colts Roundtable Live. You can tweet in your questions using hashtag Colts Roundtable. We're stacked up as always. Got time for a couple. Let's go to Matt's question first. He's asking Joe, outside of quarterback next offseason, which we talked about, what's our biggest need to right the ship? And for me, good question, Matt. I think it's game changers on third down and in the red zone. When you turn on the NFL, you could distill it down to third and five, third and seven, or second and goal, third and goal, and what teams and what guys are making plays. And to me, you know, obviously we talked about the quarterback, but we need more of those game changers on third down, either in the passing game, defending the pass, uh, rushing the quarterback, blocking for the quarterback. You know, you look around mm-hmm. the league and all these teams are going to be playing in the playoffs. And I just look at the explosive game changers on that third down and red zone, and that's an area uh, that we need to add more of this offseason. All right, without question right there. That's Joe Wrights. Tonight's show is also brought to you by Caesars Sportsbook, proud sports betting partner of the Indianapolis Colts. Rick Venturi is on the line as well. Uh, let's go to Nick's question, part of the mailbag here. He's asking, Rick, why do we have such a – why did we have such a tough time against the rush yesterday? We've allowed over 200 yards three times this season. And actually now this is me talking, crunching the numbers. The Colts' defense is giving up on average, Rick – 157 rushing yards per game during this six-game losing skid that they're on right now. Yeah, and I think, first of all, as far as the pure running game, I I think it really starts with our our inability to have discipline on the edge. We will run blindly to the ball, and anything like a quarterback zone read, uh, anything like a counter speed, Anything, if you look at the last few games, the tosses have just killed us on the edge. I mean, we're strong inside with Buckner and Stewart. You can't move those guys. But we are so undisciplined on the edge that we don't hold up. And I think with that, what we've really struggled with, and we've struggled like this forever, is we do not do a good job against running quarterbacks. Obviously, we had 91 yards given up this week uh, to Daniel Jones. Some of that was designed. I mean, he came out of there in those zone reads, and we looked like we had never seen one before, and that's something that he does a lot of. I mean, we, you know, whether it's Pickett or Hurts uh, or even Dak Prescott, 
I mean, we have struggled, I mean, terribly on the edge with the quarterback. And then the other thing that has happened to us, we have not done a good job of shutting down quarterbacks who can scramble. I mean, right off the bat, Jones has a big six-yard run for a first down. We we really lack discipline in rush. Sometimes we have three to one, one to one to one side. Uh, we open up big seams. Uh, we don't have good rush plans uh, in, in that regard. And then we never blitz. If you bring five, if you bring six, uh, you're, you're going to stop that. But we just haven't done a good job. Quarterbacks historically have killed us with their feet, both on designed run and either extension scrambles or extension throws. Again, that's Rick Venturi and Joe Wrights tonight. This is Colts Roundtable Live before the Pacer game tonight. Time for a quick timeout. We're up against it a little bit. When we come back, though, we'll close out the show. We'll talk about the regular season finale, week number 18, and the Houston Texans coming to town on Sunday. We're back for that in just a moment. You're listening to Colts Roundtable Live here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. You're locked in to Colts Roundtable Live, a look at the latest action with the Indianapolis Colts. For more Colts talk, here's Matt Taylor. We're back for the final time here on Colts Roundtable Live, brought to you as always by Citizens Energy Group. Always proud to be the Colts conservation partner. Find winning conservation tips at citizensenergygroup.com. Tonight's show is also brought to you by CBS4, where you can get your forecast first on CBS4 and also get weather updates anytime with the CBS4 Indie app. You can customize it so that you only get the alerts that you want. Search CBS4 Indy in the App Store or on Google Play. So we know about the Colts playoff situation. Obviously not going to miss or going to miss the postseason for the sixth time in eight years. One game left. The Houston Texans come to town. It's time now for the closing arguments with Rick Venturi and Joe Wrights. And, and Joe, before we close out, has it appeared to you as a former player, as a guy that's that's pretty in tune with what it takes to compete at a high level in this league, has it appeared that the Colts have, I hate to say this, but have, have they lightened up at all, or would you say that you're still seeing guys continuing to scratch and claw in terms of the effort and the performance out there on Sundays? No, I, I think that not to a man, but as a whole, we have lightened up. And I think really you go back to the second half of that Vikings game and that debacle, and since then, you know, we haven't been the same team. Felt like we were kind of broken there in that second half, and I think that's been reflective of our three points, ten points, and, you know, two blowouts over the last couple of weeks. So we'll see. You know, guys got one more game going against Houston, and it's, an, it's always an odd feeling when you're playing that last game of the season. You know neither team is going to make it to the playoffs. It's almost got a weird kind of feel to the ball game, and we'll, uh, yeah. we'll see how it goes on Sunday. No doubt. All right, Rick, the Texans 2-13-1. Obviously, they're on hard times just like the Colts. They've lost 10 of their last 11. They were killed by the Jags, 31-3. to um, Interesting game in the sense that it, it's two teams with bad records trying to close out the season and, you know, two fan, fan bases that um, would rather see their teams lose than win. It's really weird, yeah. actually. Well, you know, really, they, they did get blown out by the Jaguars, but that's, that's a little bit of an anomaly because the three weeks previous, they played their tails off. I mean, they, they had Dallas beat. They lost to Kansas City in OT, mm-hmm. they, and they beat the Titans. I mean, they're dangerous in that sense. And this was the team that really began the tailspin, which was the, the, you know, the tie and the loss. So, uh, you know, as Joe said and you just said, in a game like this, anything can happen. So 
you know, you go there and expect the unexpected. Yeah, that's all the time we've got tonight. Well said. Rick Venturi and Joe writes. My thanks as well to interim head coach Jeff Saturday, who joined in the first segment. And we've got you covered all week long on the Colts heading into the regular season finale. The Colts official podcast is going to drop tomorrow. Inside football with Rick Venturi. That's going to come out on Wednesday. As always, for the latest on the Colts audio-wise and print and video, check us out, Colts.com, the Colts mobile app, and uh, the Colts audio network for all of your podcasts. That's wherever you get your uh, audio podcast content. As we said, Pacers and Raptors coming up next. This has been Colts Roundtable Live here on the home of the Colts. Thanks for listening here on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Good night.